you put that that tweet out asking for like favorite moments. I got 105 responses, five retweets. So what does that say? People love this fucking show and no one wants to admit it to anyone. <laughs> That's true. People are deeply ashamed. Yeah. I often get people saying, I, I like the show, I can't show it to anyone. In fact, the last time we did one of these, I went on to Patreon.com mm -hmm. and showed it to my patrons of my other work. And the first response was, I think Jim's brain has finally turned to porridge. This isn't even amusing. <laughs> And they were right to say it. Very right to say it. It's what people tell their parents and significant others and children when they are caught listening to this absolute shame. I, I, I can't reconcile the fact that so many people listen to it over and over. And I, as a participant in the show, am always amazed with the stuff that you are able to come up with. You can't come up with stuff with, with porridge brain. It, it's the thing about it. The thing about it is... Unless you can relate with the experience of having a friendship like this, you're going to listen to it and be like, well, where's the part for me? Where's the part where I'm validated? And if you can't relate, you're not going to feel validated. It's just going to be noise to you. But with the people who relate to our dynamic, boy, do they relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've given me an idea, actually. Oh, yeah? yeah, let's just get ourselves nice and synced up. And then, then I think I'll, I'll get us sort of kicking and screening. Sounds great. <laughs> Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. Yee-haw! Are you ready to do a football? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, well, if it ain't pig skin, Holmes, the boy with a pig for a skin here to talk about, you wanted to do a football, ready to do it? Do what to it? It's me, Madden 19. You ready to do a football? <laughs> <laughs> Your name is Madden Nineteen, like uh, like Suda Fifty One, except Madden. That a football man. That a football man. Don't worry about a football, because that's what we're going to do today, right, Jonathan? Because you you basically said at the beginning, right, that this podcast is too insular and up its own ass and arrogant. <laughs> no. Uh, in that it doesn't have any mass market appeal. In that I'm trying... I, like a cat with a fresh kill, have dumped a headless bird in front of people and said, come, come, look at my dead bird. And people have said, no, I don't want to look at a dead bird. That's only interesting to you. Where's the football? Where's Pigskin Holmes, the boy with a pig for a skin? With Madden nineteen, the Madden nineteen, right? Is he the host? Is he the uh, is he the referee? Cut right. Madden nineteen is commentator, right? Okay. Uh, uh, pigskin Johnny, the boy with the pig for skin, is the analyst and football, and Conrad is star player and coach. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm what you call a, a total package. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna whip our little league into shape. It's a little league team. He's got a little league football team, right? Made up of um, mostly cats. <laughs> they don't play. They don't. There are some real human children playing against the cats, or with the cats, or, or riding the cats. How's I that? mean, How's it? there are more cats than children, so it's sort of a, a child cat team versus an all cat team. And in case you think that's unfair, we put the most violent cats together on the same team. Yeah, because I mean. The human children can manipulate tools, so that's their advantage. And the wild cats we've got are far from declawed. Yeah. And they are very vicious. Like, what? Imagine the opposite of declawed. They've been, like, reclawed. <laughs> yeah. You, you, this, like, you do not want to face that defensive line, 
right? All right. You take a couple steps in there, and it's fur and claws and yeah. everything. And and we don't have the money to afford protective equipment for this league. You know, that's that's the thing. That's 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 why we're trying so hard to be a better team, so that we can keep the team running another year. You know, this is one of those feel good <laughs> stories about the scrappy group of underdog kid cats up against the top-rated cat team. Yeah, yeah. The Playgrid and Eye-Takers are favoured this season, and I think that the hormones we pumped into them really help, mostly from bulls. Is that the, we're we're the underdog, lovable, scrappy, yeah, every person team, but we pump hormones into our children and <laughs> no, cats. No, it's the rival. It's the rival. It's a, it's into the feral eye takers, the the playgrid and eye takers, um, named after some of their favorite hobbies and physical traits. Um, they're like the, the, the you know when there's the rival school that's. The bad, evil football slash hockey slash other sports team. Yeah. That's the feral cats we found and have pumped full of bull genes. What? what, and- what? <laughs> why did we, why, why did we do anything to the other team? Isn't it our team if we do things to the team? Well, the whole league is ours, technically speaking. <laughs> yeah. I but mean, you know, when it comes right down to it, at, at the back end, we're raking in everything. Yeah. But, you know, for the purposes of the story, because you got to give people a good story to get them to care, you know, we've set up these two very, very different, one genetically enhanced, one not at all properly equipped teams, you know, just to build the story out. Yeah. And like I said, right, there are advantages on both sides. Yes. The children are on one side, and the cats that are with them are their pets. And yes, on the other side, Coach Conrad, because I've now decided, Jonathan, you're coaching one team, Conrad's coaching the other, (laughs) and I'm mad at 19, right? (laughs) Conrad, don't worry, you'll be in full body armor. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've only got enough for one person. Um, well, we've got enough for two, but I thought you'd feel a bit more secure if we double I do feel I do you. feel better about that. These cats yeah. are furious. Yeah, I mean, they're especially angry with you um, because you've been playing them Jonathan's poetry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a poet? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and that makes them, them hate my team? You've never plugged that. You've never plugged that. <laughs> 1,002 poems to enrage feral cats. It's not true. I, I I don't I don't really fully understand poetry. Oh, right. No, that's one of the books I wrote for you. Well, that's one, one of the books I wrote for you. Yeah, I I basically I I put a mask of your face on and then I dance around in front of the cats, flipping them off, <laughs> going <laughs> meow, which is a cat poem. <laughs> they hate it too, by the way. I mean, yeah. wow. Oh man, dude, I bet they do. It's uh, there's something about. One look at your face. One look at your face and like spray urine. Oh no! It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, bring some clothes pegs before the game starts. Because of my clothes are clothes are um, coming off. No, you you and the children will need them for your noses, which again is the advantage the kids have um, in the as I said opposable thumbs. Um, so any weaponry they can use, where the cats sort of just have to rely on their natural. Um, their natural um, combat abilities, which are which are plentiful. Oh yeah, no, they're vast. The cat, the feral cat, dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, those kids better come with sticks. You did get sticks for the kids, right? So this is a game. This is <laughs> where's the ball? What? How do you win? It's. Just, it sounds like just war between cats and children. Well. <laughs> Football is essentially a 21st century representation of modern infantry combat. Uh, yeah. I mean, I figure once we get to the warehouse, there will be a ball somewhere. Like, like you know, the... the, the warehouse? Yes! Well, yeah, it's an indoor football league. You know, the, the warehouse, like, head probably has, like, an upstairs office or something. There might be a little football there, like a soft one that they, like, throw up against the wall and catch. Uh, maybe there's one outside. People take their break outside, have a bit of a kick around at lunch. I don't know what... I don't know what goes on, Jonathan, at places. <laughs> That's true. You- but I always assume there's a football somewhere. Well, it's America. Yeah, it won't be hard <laughs> to find a football. Um, well, I, We could bring a football instead of the feral cats. We could set up a traditional little league 
team or, or two yeah. where the it, it's much easier than this this production with the yeah. with the wildcats and the um, the pegs. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I would like to point something out here. Yeah. Jonathan is encouraging us to work with children. Uh, 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 nicely. We, there's such thing as, as doing nice things with, with people, including children, and, and having it be a, a real learning experience, a fun experience, uh, the kind that turns people into better people. It helps them grow. This is why I'm always trying to get you to like do school plays. Like, be one of those educational sort of um, performance arts companies that travel around schools putting on shows about, you know, the dangers of drugs or or the dangers of of, of <laughs> drink it's usually drink or drugs um or not or like like road safety is one for children yeah i mean at my school yeah my school was right next <laughs> they were teaching them how to drive um safety around the roads oh because my school was on a main road and kid got hit right oh by a, a oh got hit right bullied me um i mean that's apropos of nothing but got <laughs> hit by a car right and then another kid got hit by a bus right Oof. which i think was a double day i didn't see it all the other kids talked about it right and and the deputy headmaster at the school mr sharp would always drum this bit into our heads he would look at the the room and he'd start like like bashing his like fists together and he'd be like flesh and metal don't mix flesh and metal don't mix which to be honest i think that sent the wrong message i think when we go to schools and start um educating children on how to be safe around roads i think we should show them in lurid detail exactly how flesh and metal does mix in a collision it's extremely iron maiden uh judas priest it's bringing back all these images of of 80s heavy metal yeah. because there was a lot of talk of flesh Sometimes sexually, yeah, and metal. Well, that's how it's going to start. You know, the the I've already booked us. Don't worry, and I've already sent an email off while we were talking. Right, um, it, it's actually going to go to my old school uh, in in London. Well, you want to give back, so pack your bags. We're going traveling in 2020. Never thought it was possible. <laughs> It's not. Yeah, it's a rough school. <laughs> they won't let us in. Well, you know, we'll do it somewhere in. Oh, I don't know. Boston, the nearest school to you, Jonathan, where there's a good chance people know your face. Oh, there you go. What we'll do is we'll turn all the lights off. It's the assembly hall. All the kids are there. They can't wait. They've heard that there's going to be a special celebrity there. <laughs> They've heard that there's a special celebrity from their childhood. Uh, and they're all in anticipation. They're all quiet for once because they're just, they're in awe. They're wrapped with attention. Oh, yeah. Someone passed a rumor around that Megan the Stallion was going to turn up. So they are like, like a buzz, a buzz with it. Because um, they want to hear how angry Megan the Stallion is that she is not having sex in that moment, which I've determined is constantly on her mind and she's constantly furious about it jonathan megan b stallion that's a celebrity the stallion megan the stallion and 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 that is what some of the teachers were told to to tell everyone um so really it's on their heads not ours if she doesn't show up yeah i mean those kids really should not have believed that rumor yeah who is this stallion? It's a, is it a singer? Yeah, she's a rapper. Oh. She's excellent, actually. Very, very good. Excellent rapper. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Good to know. Yeah. But you're not a rapper, Jonathan. No. Well, not, not a good one. Your rare eight is hair metal superstar, like you said you are. Um, oh. When the lights come up and you've got an electric guitar and you just sort of punch down at the wires with your fist, I assume that'll make a really good guitar noise, like a really good... Like that, is you go, a flesh and metal dog mix! <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's not, that's, when they listen to that music, the children, they really cannot understand how that was ever on the radio. Well, they don't to totally understand radios, but they don't, they can't get how thousands of people ever collectively agreed that this was good music. They're so puzzled <laughs> by that. Like, what? Why would you ever? Why would you oh, ever? Oh, yeah! <laughs> All right! It's me! Woo! Y'all making the grade out there! Doing it at school! Yeah! 
this is the song yeah you're bringing well this is sort of this is where you're addressing the audience it's sort of like you know kiss when paul stanley would address the audience and just be like ah, ah. Uh, you're basically doing um a very very convincing paul stanley i would say from kiss well, he, he, the paul stanley the listeners may know had a more of a deep voice he's a hairy chested guy and he'd be like, just really low in his throat, <laughs> a little, little lazy. Said, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what I do. And, you know, imagine if you will, you're sort of swaying your hips from side to side and just sort of clapping left to right. But like, you've not even lifted your arms. They're just sort of at your side. <laughs> Like that. Do a bit more singing for the kids. So I'm I'm on stage. I've got a, a wig on. Mullet. And I'm assuming I have some sort of leather print tank top and, and oh, some um, yes. uh, some workout pants, some spandex or something. Yeah, you look like Brett Michaels. But like, <laughs> Brett Michaels 10 years from now. <laughs> Whoa. So when he's like in his 60s, I think. And yeah. he's just... He's got that headband, the... the long stringy hair which i i think basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna um cook some spaghetti and then we're just gonna dump that on your head we will get some duct tape in that so it doesn't just slide off we'll, we'll wrap that around <laughs> that like a rock and roll that won't look like a rock and roller of any era that will look like a man who misplaced his food a bit like hulk hogan <laughs> It'll look like it'll look like someone who who got pranked, someone who who got attacked with food. Is how it'll look. Because uh, you've got your your leopard print tights on, your leopard print leggings, right? Leggings. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, you know, with some holes cut out round the back, like two holes to show your cheeks off. Oh. Um, and then on 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 your cheeks is tattooed love and hate. <laughs> Because I'm I'm split between the two extremes. I'm that extreme yeah. on my ass cheeks. Yeah, you've got a rat T-shirt, which has been tied off to show your belly, your midriff. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. And then on your midriff, you've got tattooed love and hate. <laughs> Again. Really oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you really need to drive this point home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, and you know, they're kids, right? You got to keep it simple. Exactly, exactly. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin replica jacket, black leather, armless, uh, 316, and a skull logo on the back. Uh, and uh, shutter shades. A pair of shutter shades. <laughs> those are the, the shades without uh, – are those the ones that are just basically a piece of film? Yeah, they're like the ones Den for the Last Dinosaur wears. Oh, no. Oh, okay. So those are the ones that can open and shut like blinds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. mistake. And then, so you do your lovely sing, and you. Then, of course, what you do is you you like ball up your left fist, and then you sort of get your index and your middle finger, sort of point them, sort of put them close together. You then just sort of tap your forearm like that, right? Oh no! Uh, get a belt out of your leggings, uh, put that round your bicep, tie that together. Not good. And then look at the audience and say, "Now, kids, when you're." in the road don't forget to look both ways <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then you start um like you've got a guitar but you just start like wobbling your fingers uh about uh, uh, three inches in front of it while just going and then you jump off the stage and then you just sort of like get right in the kids faces like you just start pushing the guitar like into their faces just going you like the cool guitar that, that, they're that. so into it <laughs> hell yeah they gotta rock out i just i'm imagining the look of joy and excitement yeah. on that child's face as you get your like <laughs> nose to nose and you've got like the 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 very end of the guitar right there <laughs> oh they're gonna so love sad. that and you've got conrad of course in a schoolboy uniform just sort of like Going up to the audience and just sort of going, you know what? I think this is actually better than Megan Thee Stallion. Listen to me, the coolest one in school. And everyone will know that Conrad's the coolest one in school because he'll have a, a yo-yo that actually has light-up LEDs when you, you bob it up and down. So. Yeah, I'll be dressed in a varsity jacket and, you know, blue jeans. 
looking very all-American, playing yeah. with my yo-yo. And says, you know, I don't know. That Megan Thee Stallion, <laughs> she's pretty good. But, yeah. but this right here... This is the hardness. Take it from take it from Yo-Yo the Yo-Yo Yo-Yo. Mm-hmm. Yo-Yo the Yo-Yo knows what's what's up. Boston Seconds Yo-Yoiest. <laughs> but I was, I started to yeah. engage in the behaviors that almost always precede some sort of illicit, illegal, extremely dangerous drug use. There's adults. Wait, what? I what? assume you said I tie a belt around my bicep and tap. Tap the arm. That's usually what's done in order to try to get a pronounced vein to be apparent, to be visible. No, this is a road safety seminar. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But then you had me just transfer from that and scaring the the living uh, Jesus out of all of the adults. Like, oh, God, he's just going to start using drugs on stage. But then I transferred to that just to immediate... <laughs> so that they know you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. So you've got to build a rapport with these kids. Yeah. The kids will be thinking to themselves up until, like, <laughs> up until they see you, they're thinking, I don't care what anyone tells me. I'm going to run across the street and I hope I get hit by a car. And then they see you. Like, in fact, that's what Conrad does at one point. He's, he walks up to the stage and says, I'm Yo-Yo the Yo-Yo Yo-Yo, the coolest one in school. And, and I don't care what, what, what was it? Bunker Moses says? <laughs> that is Bunker Moses. Yeah. I'm going to walk right out to the middle of the street because I'm cool. <laughs> And then that's when you go over and say, hey, now, Bokum, I think it was, hey, now, oh, yeah, <laughs> come on, yo-yo, listen to me, Bokum, Bokum, oh, yeah, don't cross the street ever, oh, yeah. Never? You just stay on that side of the street forever? You never yeah. go back home? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's where you live now. Yeah, that's the message. Never leave the block you were born on. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll come out, right, dressed up as a stuffy teacher, just going, It's me, Dusty McCobweb, the meanest teacher in school. Time to do your mathematics. Do your mathematics or you won't get any pudding. They'll get that reference, those kids. Oh, <laughs> fucking love it. How can you have that meat if you don't have any pudding? That's what I'll say. Dusty McCobwebs, <laughs> aye, aye, aye. And he's the bad guy? I like yeah. him most of all. He's he's le the least dangerous, least uh, failing at uh, performing poorly out of all of us. He's convincing. Uh, no offense, yo-yo, the yo-yo-yo-yo, but you you, do, you don't look like a, a child. You're, you're, I think, in your late 30s. Mid? Did I just ruin the whole bit by revealing <laughs> that Conrad is in maybe in his 30s? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm in my 40s now, but... Your 40s? Wow. I always picture you younger because you are sprightly. Well, see, there you go. It works. They're going to believe it. <laughs> Not that much younger. That's why he plays Yo-Yo the Yo-Yo Yo-Yo. Yeah, those kids are totally going to buy it. Get with the no. program. Don't be like Dusty McCobwebs, the meanest teacher in school. He's all, actually good. I've heard, I've heard quite enough of your devil music. I've heard quite enough of your devil music. Bokum, Bokum, Moses, Bokum. They're going to love Dusty McCobwebs. He's the, he's the one who is shutting things down. He's the boss. Yeah. He's a power I'm figure. He's very relatable. No more Pokemon for you. No more Pokemon and no more of this so-called music. And that's when you go, hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> lighten up, teach. And you know when you, uh, you know when people do those cool, uh, slides across the floor on their knees. A uh, power slide. Power slide. Yeah, I need you to then go, oh, wow, wow! Big electric guitar solo! Imagine it, kids! <laughs> and then you run and sprint and do a power slide, um, stopping, um, hopefully, with your head uh, right at my crotch. At which point you just give me a dainty little peck, just a little <laughs> like that. And then I go, why? I've been kissed with the smooth. Time to take it easy. And then I just start doing that dance where my fists go up and down. And then you go, yeah, yeah, time to 
the groove. And then Yo-Yo says, well, usually I'm too cool to be above this, but in the interests of road safety. And then we all just sort of... And then we do that until, you know, they leave or, or, or we're made to leave. It's like three days. That's just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we're crying. We've thrown up a few times. Just a... Yeah. That's a great plan. And why won't, why, why does, why does Bokum Jesus, uh, refuse? <laughs> Jesus. Is that his name? Moses? Oh, it might as well be. Sorry, Bokum Moses. Why does he refuse to play the guitar? I could just play it badly. <laughs> there's guitars everywhere. There's, there's, there's the ability to, but I, I won't do it. I'm only willing to pretend on my power slide into your, your crotch area. Oh, well. My thinking is, as creative director of this, my thinking is, is that you can't compare to the imagination of a child. <laughs> it's for the, to, to elicit a, If you tell them to imagine it, yeah, if you just go, you know, wow, wow, imagine it, kids, imagine the guitar, like that, and then just stay in silence for about five minutes and the kids can close their eyes and, you know, their faces <laughs> will light up, they'll just be like, ah, yeah, that does sound good, <laughs> like that. And then, of course, right at the end, you just remember, don't cross the road and don't go out. Abstinence is the answer. Yeah. Abstinence from from what? Danger. <laughs> that's that's the new way you use abstinence, the word now. To, to... Yeah. 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 So I, I really do think that you'll be the, uh, the, the Paul Stanley of health and safety. That's not a good thing. You can do anything. You can do anything. You know, change the batteries on your smoke alarm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Not not a known known name. <laughs> I love your declarations of uh, fact. You, you got to keep in mind, people people in their 20s even were born in the, in the 90s now, right? Like in 19, 1995, you'd be 25 now. Is that right? It's something horrifying, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I was talking to somebody who was uh, born in 1999. And they, I think that's when they were born. I know I was talking to them. I just wasn't sure when they were born. I and assume it, anyone born in 1999 is three years old. No, they, they wrote a book. Oh, They no. published a book. And uh, I'm quoted on the back cover saying, this is a good book, essentially. So uh, it, was, it was a feeling of uh, being humbled to, one, be asked to have my quote on the back of the book. That's awfully nice. By a 19-year-old. Yeah, by, by she just turned 21, I think. Um, and, and she started writing the book when she was 20. She got the deal when I think she was like 19 or something. So, uh-huh. so a little humbling. Uh, I have not yet written a book. And you are not famous. I was famous at 20, sort yeah, of. Yeah, you were famous at 19. Uh-huh. So, so did you warn this person of the fate that they're about to befall? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I they, they, they did were. you say, I was famous at 19, you know. Look at me now. If you're ever asked to be on a podcast with two other people, say no. <laughs> Did you impart that warning? No. It was talking to the author about being on TV a little bit. It was a little bit like if, you know, the old Spike Jones, not the director, but the original TV show guy or the guy who played Ralph Cramden was like, you know, on, in my day, the television was a, a, a flickering light. We all gathered round. That would be like, I don't even know what you're... Because she was born the year I was on TV. She was born that year. Like, it, it's ancient, ancient history. It's like... So what you're saying is, you know, there is a nation that has grown up with you, and we need to bring that back. Um, that like, is... imagine how many people who got book deals at 19 could have you quoted on the back of their book. Uh, 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 maybe some. In fact, you, maybe, maybe that's what we should do. We should make you the premier book jacket writer for 19-year-old authors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even the best quote of the bunch. I'll tell you what, right? We'll, we'll test the waters here. You know Anne Rice? The vampire author and erotica. The writer of Interview with a Vampire. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? Sexy books. Uh-huh. I think what we should do is is to test Jonathan's acumen and skill as an endorser of books we should send 
a quote about Interview with a Vampire to Anne Rice mm. and see if she wants to put it on her book. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'll start, right? What? And, and if, if we take it in turns, I think we can put together a real good um, thing. Don't we have to read the book first? What are, you, what are we even writing about? Dear Anne Rice, <laughs> do I have to read the book first? What am I even talking about? I think that's what you said there. That's not to be shared with with Anne. That's that's for an internal conversation. No, this is going on the book cover. That's not to be shared with Anne. <laughs> that's, that's very humiliating. Very humiliating to have this inside it's conversation. Very humiliating. Very humiliating to have this, <laughs> this inside is like a back cover conversation. <laughs> this is feeling. Up the whole back cover. Right. So I was going to start, but, you know, I'll just say I am Jonathan Holmes. I don't have much time to sort of, you know, we're running out of book space. So I am Jonathan Holmes. I like your books when they're about vampires because I saw the film Interview with a Vampire. Conrad, anything to add to that? It was a... Decent film, which I enjoyed, and that led me to want to read your books. They take longer. This is just a bad fan letter. This is just a, a, a but fan. But they're better. Who, this is just a fan who's too lazy to even bother to, to read the work of whom they are saying they are a fan and just wants to interact with a famous person. For the sake of, of touching that fame. I like the vampire Elrond the best. <laughs> Is that even an Anne, Anne Rice one? Elrond? One, one moment. So, Jonathan, I do apologize. Yeah? While I was taking diction of what you were saying just then, uh -huh. you did speak fast, so I, I kind of had to do my best oh, to I type as you went. So, so now it reads, you know, we start from Jonathan saying it was a decent film, which I enjoyed. That led me to read, I uh, want to read your books. They take longer, but they're better. This is just a fan who's too lazy to bother to read the work of someone who they say they're a fan of and just want to touch that person. Um, and I know you said a lot more than that. Um, but then um, Conrad had more to offer. Can I get that again? You want Conrad to re-speak? Yeah, like, give me a little more, Conrad. Uh, I, I, my favorite vampire is Elrond. Elrond? Who is Elrond? Okay. Is Elrond. Yeah, Elrond. What? The vampire. You know Elrond. <laughs> I don't. He comes into the shop on Thursdays. D which shop? Who's shop? You're getting all of this, right, Jim? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. <laughs> There's real vampires? In the book? My, my gosh, Jonathan, <laughs> yeah. do you have difficulty separating reality from fiction? I'm completely confused. You're talking about your favorite vampire being one who just comes into the shop on Thursdays. In the book? Didn't you read the book? You're writing a quote fellas, for fellas, this book fellas, jacket. Fellas, you didn't fellas. even read the book. I can't. I can't, I'm getting calluses on my fingers. I, I couldn't follow that bit, but I did. I did get Jonathan saying there is real vampires. Um, is there anything more you'd like to add to that, Jonathan? I was amazed and, and terrified to hear that there may be real vampires from Conrad, who said that. You're right. You're typing that again. It, it's, it's a book. That people read. With, with the, you're telling me that part of the story of this book is just, hello, I'm a vampire. I'm going to the shop on Thursdays. And that's part of the story? Wow, you're really just going to spoil the whole book in this quote. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I read at least four Anne Rice vampire books. The first one, the second one, the third one. And then the fourth one where I think he becomes a person for a little while. Uh, Lestat becomes a person and is like, oh, it's actually bad. Then he goes back to being a vampire. Does that sound right? That's all I remember right now. Oh, wait, this is going on in the back of the book. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, I think that probably <laughs> that probably covers it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read uh, all of this. It's 
not verbatim. Of course. <laughs> but I've done my best, and I think it gets the message across to Anne Rice. Um, Dear Anne Rice, do I have to read the book first? What am I even talking about? <laughs> um, that's not to be shared with Anne. That's very humiliating. Very humiliating to have this inside conversation. This is filling up the whole back cover. I am Jonathan Holmes. I like your books when they're about vampires because I saw the film interview with a vampire. It was a decent film, which I enjoyed, and that led me to want to read your books. They take longer, but they're better. This is just a fan who's too lazy to bother to read the work of someone who says they're a fan of that and just want to touch that person. My favourite vampire is Elrond. The vampire, you know Elrond, comes into the shop on Thursday. You're getting all of this, right, Jim? There is real vampires? I was amazed and terrified to hear that there may be real vampires from Conrad who said that. You're typing that. It's a book that people read. You're telling me that part of the story of this book is, Hello, I'm a vampire. I go to the shop on Thursdays. You're really going to spoil the whole book? I read some Anne Rice books, the first one and the third one and the fourth one. The stat turns into a person and says, This is terrible and goes back. Oh, this is all being written down. By the way, Anne, you're not a turf, are you? Because we had this issue with JK when we wrote to her. Love, Jonathan. That's going to look great on the oh. cover of the book. That is a whole book. That is, you could sell that as a separate book. I know one would buy it, it, but mm. you would, okay. You I'd cut buy me it. right off. Yeah, you would it buy could, it. it. <laughs> I, I, I read it as the follow up to Memnock the Devil. Which is the name of an Anne Rice book I know because my mum had them all. I sort of remember that one. That was not a vampire book, I think. Uh, I think the stack goes to hell and meets the devil. Oh, that sounds pretty good. So it is a vampire book. Yeah, the final Friday. <laughs> you know, Anne Rice, there's a story about Anne Rice hating a local restaurant and I'm blanking on the details. I think it might have been a Popeye's and she would call the Popeye's irate. At various times of the day, um, and there was some sort of feud. I, this is this is all dream, dream memory though. The, it's muddied and mixed with my own subconscious, so I'm probably getting a lot of the details wrong. But she was extremely fierce advocate for herself against restaurants in some capacity, and it's really worth looking into for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> just ruin, just ruin the whole show. That's with brilliant. Anna, Anna no, Rice no, facts. That's, yeah, that's I not mean, even a yeah, fact. We, we can do another one next time if you want. We can do Anne <laughs> Rice facts every every episode. Every episode, yeah. I mean, we'll run out of them eventually. But I reckon there's like five episodes in it, and after that, we can just lie. I think you're allowed to do that if it's a celebrity. I think it's called parody. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, parody parody law allows it. Yeah, if you just say like she strangled someone once. Yeah, I think if nobody could realistically believe that the thing that you're saying is true, you can say pretty much yeah. anything you want to. Yeah, she cheated on her taxes. <laughs> I think good. if you just say, like, you know, just some wild lies, then you can you can really get away with it. Yeah, just outlandish accusations. Yeah. Ethan Hawke threw a brick through a shop window once. <laughs> that's not, that's not uh, out of the realm of possibility. That's... That's extremely possible, in fact. He went to a peaceful demonstration and started a fight just so he could do it. Because he said, I'm Ethan Hawke and I can't be seen to throw a brick through a window. But Ethan Hawke throwing a brick through a window in a street fight, get away with it. Wow. Yeah. Ethan Hawke did this? Definitely. It's all about environment. I, was not, I, didn't, know, I didn't know that about him. Yeah. My main Ethan Hawke fact is Ooh. after he and Uma Thurman split up, he got so anxious that he lost weight. He got, like, sexier from being sad. Oh. Do you, do you think Uma Thurman might date me if, <laughs> if she knows she gets to break up with me? Because that sounds like a good regimen. <laughs> she's um, an interesting person. I've, I've heard she has sort of a, a soullessness that's similar to the soullessness you find in a Tom Cruise or another of these celebrities whose whose whole being is just sort of been worn away by their urge to win the grand popularity contest that is the Hollywood industry and also to become other characters so fully that they completely lose themselves and not become a bad person, just a, an absence of person, just a, uh -huh. the humanity kind of gets scooped out and, and removed like uh, like so much ice cream from a carton. So, I'm, so I've been told. So what you're saying, Jonathan, is that in order to make you famous, 
Uh-oh. We must steal your soul. Let's do a soul taking, Conrad. Let's oh, can do a soul taking. <laughs> what does that even mean? What? Why? Uh, I've got some cowls. <laughs> what? Cowls and candles. Mm-hmm. Ah, we <laughs> fire up the old altar. We'll put on our dressing gowns and our fedoras. Those, mm-hmm. those are the... The most occult uh, cowls I can think of. Those are our ceremonial robes, right? We'll put you on a, on a like a big stone altar, or failing that, oh, I can find a washing machine box. Uh, we'll lay you on that, stripped bare, except I'm thinking maybe a tasteful loincloth. Mm, no, tasteless loincloth. <laughs> um, you'll be lying there, and, and we'll be chanting around you, Oh, um, the devil. Ooh, spooky Lovecraft. Ooh, like that. Uh huh. And you'll be like there, like your your hands and your feet will be tied like that. And oh. you can do some Fay Ray stuff, you know, just oh, oh, like you know, oh, unhand me, you brutes. But if you must, if you if you must have sex with me, then I'll go for it. <laughs> what does this have to do? <laughs> What does this have to do with any sexual in- encounters? It shouldn't be sexual. I mean, I'm just saying if you feel... Because se- you're doing your best Fay Ray and stuff. Like, uh, if you feel sexy, just live in the moment. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel sexy. The way I've always thought about this, Jonathan, is if you can manage to seduce me, then by all means have sex with me, Jonathan. If I manage to seduce... So... <laughs> Sold when you want to do it. So you're saying saying that if I manage to make you want to have sex with me, then you will have sex with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 You're following. It's sort of a foregone conclusion, I think, that if you you, uh, gain someone's sexual interest, then you have gained their interest. And you're doing it so deftly at that. (laughs) Right yeah. now, I'm doing it. Yeah. This is extremely seductive and se- sexual. Oh, you're going to love it because you're there, you know, you've got your loincloth on and you're, you're tired and you're on your stone altar, um, your washing machine box. And Conrad and I, you know, we got our fedoras and our dressing gowns on. We've got like all the lights turned down, candles are playing. We've got Rick and Morty playing on the TV, you know, to show that we're really hardcore about this. And we've got like, like fruits, various fruits that we've uh, cut in half, you know, melon, orange, lemon, and we're just like like pushing them against you and just sort of like like squeezing them and 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 rotating them, just really sort of getting that juice on you, getting that juice in. This is a stole a soul taking. You're stealing my soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the acidic fruit juices will draw the soul up to the skin so we can then um, suck it out. Through the pores. Through the pores. <laughs> It's, also, it's so. like bringing out like like you know an infection or, or or something that you know you get some some something on the skin to sort of pull it out, and so we're going to get you know lemons and, and melons and, and oranges and apples and just sort of you know push them on and like you would on a fruit squeezer, just like really dig it into you while you're going. Oh yeah, this is so good. I like it. I oh like my God. it. You love it. Why would I love it? Why would Because it's fruity. <laughs> Who doesn't love having fruit pressed against their body? Yeah. Fruit rubbed all over them outside on a summer's day. Mm-hmm. Refreshing. And I'm not hairless, so there's going to be little bits of chest hair in the fruit. It's going to be so gross. Well, you're not hairless yet. What? You're not hairless yet, but, you know, the soul taking... <laughs> It's a process. Yeah, we might enshaven you. You might Begin shave, the shave enshavening. Oh, oh, oh. Like that. Yeah. Then we get, we get a grapefruit and we rub that on your chest till the hair comes off. Oh, that would hurt. Because it's acidic. The, the juice is from the grape juice, grapefruit juice. Yeah, it's the, it's the sharpest fruit I know. It's really going to hurt. Yeah. I'm really going to be red and, and bumpy after this experience for for certain. Nah, you'll be too distracted because I'll be like hovering over your face with a banana in my mouth and I'll just be like going, oh, <laughs> like that <laughs> to make you remember that this is very sexy. You know, it's, it's funny. I was brushing my teeth this morning right before we started recording this and I thought, man, so out of the two or, th- or three of us, I should say, uh, Jim... You often 
are actually the one who's careful and don't want to offend the listeners, believe it or not. Since I try and I, walk a line. Since I have no no real career in this, this world and I'm just sort of splashing around in it uh, past my prime because I, I can and it's great. I will often say stuff like, oh, well, maybe we should just talk about killing everyone of this particular religion. And you'll be like, okay, we need to edit that out. Or I'll be like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should say that evil is actually good for, or, you know, just some dumb thing. And uh, you will you will cut it out and that'll be good. But, but just this morning, I was like, man, don't talk about religion because that hurts people's feelings. Even though I, I'm just going to say it. It, it. It's it's really silly religion almost every time. It's like, what are you talking about? You, that No, that, that magic, that book doesn't contain real magic. It's just some stuff somebody wrote a while ago. Don't don't believe that stuff in that book. It's not, you know, we're coming up on some religious holidays. I'm like, oh man, yeah, time to dump on those, of course. Why why are people doing the magic? It's not why? real. It's yeah, all made exactly. up. I tell you what, Jonathan. You know who was famous? Who's that? Richard Dawkins. Mm-hmm. You know who was famous? Uh, who? Fucking Hitchens, mate. <laughs> See, you just need to now become a rational skeptic. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we get you in on the skeptic community, it's it's due a cleansing of a reputation. <laughs> and and you're the one to do it, Jonathan, if you become Me? the <laughs> next... Oh, yeah, you're, you're going to be the next linchpin, the next bastion, the next face. Of the atheist community. Well, not an atheist. I think I think it's very possible that there's some higher power, some 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 magic. I just don't know Do if it's you? definitely the magic that's in that book. Because how would we? Uh, it's much more likely that 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 book is mostly made up, if not entirely. But yeah, there may be. It, it would it would stand a reason that there's something beyond this. Because there's always almost always something beyond whatever. Uh, things rarely just completely end. Or, or even begin. It's always a transformation of some kind. So I'm not a, not an atheist. I believe that something maybe is some somewhere. Blessed are the meek, <laughs> for they shall inherit the earth. But until then, your ass belongs to Jonathan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jonathan, the world's most atheist, and I'm here to tell you about God and why he's a prick. And that's how your talk's going to start. I've already booked you. I've booked you a, a, a very actually prolific gig. I mean, you're going to have to work sort of Christmas Eve slash Christmas. It takes place at, at, at midnight um, at around that time. But I've heard that it's going to be huge. I mean, they're even calling it mass. <laughs> this sounds like a sounds like a religious ceremony or, or a gathering. Well, they're holding it over Christmas at my local church, and I thought, well. People like diversity, don't they? So let's book an atheist for mass. Uh, and they said yes, um, mostly because I told them that you were a cardinal. A cardinal? A cardinal, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the bird. Yeah. That's not, that's, no, that's not what they're going to think he means. It Wait, is a double-meaning word, it's true. But they, Are you it, sure? Because this priest has a lot of binoculars. <laughs> I figured he was up on, on you know, avian... Ornithology, yeah. Yeah. Peeping on the birds. No, he's probably he's probably sort of a cheeky pervert. That priest. <laughs> See, this is what I'm doing. Then then they're gonna be like, oh, oh that's no, a we good just way to start the the yeah. I'm Jonathan Holmes, the world's most atheist. Of that priest's a cheeky pervert. But then again, aren't they all? Hi, I'm Jonathan Holmes. <laughs> so I've introduced myself three times. <laughs> oh yeah. In as many seconds, and uh, Absolutely. just uh, just Absolutely. slagging off, as they say on on the the religious types. Now your God says that I can't kiss a chicken. I beg to differ, and that's when you pull out the the Popeyes bucket and you pull out like a big a big juicy greasy breast, and then you just sort of like licking it and kissing it. <laughs> oh, love that chicken from Popeyes, like that. Uh, just to show that, that in the house of God, you, you are brave enough to kiss a chicken. That's not, that's just, uh, uh. You're not only brave enough to kiss a chicken, you're brave enough to infringe upon the Popeye's chicken and biscuits jingle while you do it. While you do it. 
brave yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> and look at all the social media videos popeyes lifts for its commercials this might actually get you famous if you french <laughs> if you french a chicken breast in a church at mass i reckon you'd become the new mascot for popeyes they call you the chicken kisser <laughs> i i thought for a second you were doing a play on words the mass scott <sighs> so it's not brave to french kiss a fried chicken. Things are licking good. <laughs> it's just a Fuck display. That. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> the colonel. It's me, the chicken kisser. And Popeye's chicken is chicken kissing good. Oh, yeah. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> Why is he so close? We'll dress you up as a sort of frog. Why is he so quiet and he's so meek but close? <laughs> the chicken kisser. Why is he, why is he hey, yeah, that way? Hey y'all, I'm the chicken kisser. Yeah. How did it go, Jonathan? I can't do it. I can't. I'm I can't do it. Do... Kiss a chicken. What? You should kiss a chicken. No. Don't you think that? Don't you think that families watching TV, right, when the commercials come on, like if this played at the Super Bowl, don't you think like it'd be one of the talked about ones? Fuck baby nut. Fuck the the the. Other ones that they do. What other commercials have they done? They probably had one with a monkey in it, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Instead, it'll be you painted green with ping pong balls with eyeballs on them over your eyes. Just going, hey, hey, everyone. It's it's me. I'm not very well. I'm the chicken kisser. I'm sick, too. I'm, I'm diseased. Oh, oh yeah, because I'll kiss, I'll kiss it cooked. All right. Mm. But I love kissing that Popeye's tender chicken last of all. You could say, uh, can't get enough of kissing that chicken. (laughs) Like that. I'm letting them know again. Yeah. Just in case they didn't catch it the first couple times. And you say it like, you know, that's a catchphrase or like a well-known phrase. You you could say, I love to kiss that chicken. And then, you know, people the next day after the Super Bowl will be, oh, God, did you see the new chicken (laughs) kiss? The new one. Yeah, it loves to kiss that chicken. Chicken kisser 2021. Oh, wow. It's a it's a new it's a new year and it's a new way of getting into the conversation with your friends about this yeah. chicken kissing frog. There's a, that's that's gonna be a billboard, right? Is is like a chicken breast with your tongue like through it. <laughs> oh, really up close to the camera so you can see bits of morsel on it. And then the the text says new year, a new way. It's a new way to chicken. It's That's not. what you're here to show everyone. Hey, everyone, it's me, the chicken kisser. And I'm here to show you uh, oh, a new way to chicken with your tongue. Oh. Don't you think that'll sell? Don't you think that'll sell Popeyes? I don't. I think that it will cause people to fear Popeyes as a franchise because there's a certain uh under underlying insidiousness a, a certain embrace of of the worst of our instincts that's embedded in this concept in there <laughs> it's almost a mockery of people who like to eat chicken cuz it's making them seem like uh disgusting um amphibians that they just want to lick and spread their saliva around where it doesn't belong but it's also uh, just patently repulsive, and and whether you look for any deeper meaning, you you just really want to get away from this this chicken kissing frog who's mostly <laughs> licking. I haven't even kissed. I think I kissed it once. It's other than that, it's just been me like pushing my tongue very hard into. I could bite it if I wanted to eat it. That's the thing. That's the thing about it. If I was hungry and if I like to eat chicken, I would just bite the chicken. But instead, I'm like, ah. Oh. Gonna get in there. Can't go. Why? 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 Why are you showing people that? Why are you showing people that? Why are you showing people that? Don't do that. Don't do that, frog. Don't do that. It's upsetting. I'm upset. Welcome to Popeyes. <laughs> so upsetting. Why is he doing it again? Time to kiss the chicken. He's so quiet. Stay to make love to the shrimp basket. Don't you think people will want to do that? Make love to the shrimp basket. What does that even mean? They sell shrimp baskets. I don't know. It's hot and greasy. 
so he's so meek but so aggressive at the same time he's he wants to just be a harmless little friend but he's completely threatening he's so how is it threatening like he's he's there holding a chicken leg like the thigh just like nudging his nose up against it just sort of inquisitively almost just uh, uh, then you know just sort of like tip of the tongue just like that just on the chicken um you know then just sort of like put your hand on the chicken and push it back and then really lick on like under the shaft of it it's it's i I get it now it's like he's wanting to, to to give oral sex to this piece of chicken is what it's like what it's trouble it's real trouble it's troubling wait wait what did you just say? <laughs> That's what it's like. Conrad, what did he just what did he just say? Uh, if I'm honest, I, I completely missed what he just said. So he's going to have to repeat it. Yeah, you're going to have to say what you just said again. You're going to have to say what you just suggested again. To be clear, I'm not talking about any real entity. This is not slander or libel. I, I was mixed the two up. Uh, this is just a concept. I'm noticing your concept for this um, chicken kissing frog who mostly licks chicken. And you could say chicken licking because that at least rhymes, but instead it's chicken kissing frog on the Super Bowl commercial uh, the New Way 2021. Um, it's like he is pretending to give oral sex to a piece of chicken. Is what it's like. Whoa! Oh my god. <laughs> It's what Oral it's like. sex with fried chicken. What the fuck, dude? Fucking, that is... It's so deeply inappropriate. It's sick. He's a frog. It's what you described is all. I'm just letting you know how it sounds. That's all I'm doing. Now, I've come onto this podcast today, Jonathan, to do a, you know, a laid back, one might even say, a, a, a chill podcast. And you've come in here with your mucky mouth and muckier mind. To start talking about giving blowjibbers to chickens. And I, as a respectable human citizen, have to now inform you that there's a locker over there and it doesn't have your name on it. It has hurt written on it. But everyone knows that might as well be your name. So get the fuck in it. (laughs) Because I noticed how sexually toned your concept for a chicken kissing... (laughs) That's that now I deserve to be in the hurt locker. I mean, you obviously have a depraved mind. Yeah. Clearly. (laughs) Because I noticed it. You said pick it up and lick underneath it. And And you need to be removed from the rest of society and kept in a place where you can't do any more harm to anyone else. Harm, harm, harm. It's not well, Jonathan. It's not well behavior. So you're saying that if I go into the hurt locker, then I have a chance to redeem myself. I can be rehabilitated in that locker. Yeah, you go in the locker and you think about what you've done, but you don't think about what you've been thinking about in case of boners. Because I don't want you to push the door open because we haven't got a lock on it yet. It's an unlocked hurt locker is what it is. They yeah. just sit in there willfully. I've got a uh, shopping list and it's on one bit it's got padlock in case of boners. So I'm going to get the boner lock. Don't you worry about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get around to the shop later in the week. Just in the meantime, try to control yourself. Yeah, don't get any boners. Why, 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 would, I, why would I get uh, any sort of sexual stimulation by being... Well, I don't know. Why are you thinking about oral sex with a chicken? I mean... I'm not. I'm, it's what it sounded like. It's not erotic to me. It's troubling because it's, it speaks to a certain mismanagement of your sexual urges that you would release them or express them towards a piece of fried chicken. That's that's the trouble I was having. It was troubling, not arousing. I was troubled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm deeply troubled by it as well. I'd be troubled too if I was having those thoughts. But you did Sick it. man. I didn't do it. That, that's you. If you're troubled, that's because you did it, not me. I didn't do it. I just, I, I just think you need some help, Jonathan. <laughs> me, me. Me? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I thought, I thought that Jim and I were the kind of support uh, that you needed. Yeah, me less so, but he really did. Yeah, <laughs> he's heartbroken. Are you heartbroken, Connor? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just shattered yeah. entirely. Yeah, <laughs> utterly shattered. I'm being strong for him, but I shouldn't have to be because I cry sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've always thought in my mind that I was allowing you both to have some fun, which was therapeutic for, for the two of you, because you've, you've got tense lives. You, you're, you guys are really in it. You're, you're, you're playing the real game where you're trying to succeed in the whole um, world of making things. It's a creative endeavor that you've both taken on. It's very stressful, whereas I just kind of tapped out and got a regular day job. It's, um, it's simple for me, but it's you guys stressed out. So then thinking I'm helping you, and now you're telling me that I'm actually shattering your, your, your psyches? Yeah, to pieces. We are shattered to pieces, Jonathan. <laughs> It, it, you know, I just, I really thought that, that we could make a difference, but I, I just, I'm worried that you're too far gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I have to get back to that day job I was alluding to. Yeah. You've got to go and look people in the eye. I, I might have to. It's mostly it's working from home do. now. So I, I turn uh, off my video and just um, listen while I, while I make stuff for this job. Rolling your eyes the whole way. Yeah. 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 I'd like my you job. You should. You should have a good old eye roll. <laughs> just for fun. Like, even if you don't, like, actually hate what's being said, just, like, wait till, like, a co-worker is talking to you and then just roll your eyes and go, ugh. <laughs> Why? I do that sometimes. When someone starts a conversation with me, I will just look at them and go, what? Like that. <laughs> and then have to assure them that I genuinely do want to listen to what they wanted to say. But by that point, they've usually sort of... They feel real bad. Yeah, that's mean. <laughs> what you're saying is I am mean to my, my co-workers. You should be the office bully. <laughs> You'll be well known. It's not going not gonna to happen. It goes against my nature. You know, just walk up to, you know, walk up to Stan and just say, hey, Stan, nice cup of coffee in your hand. Shame if it wasn't. And then you hit their hands and the coffee goes everywhere. And you say to Stan, you say, do you like how I said that it'd be a shame if the coffee wasn't in your hand? And then I hit your hand and now the coffee isn't in your hand. So I guess it's a shame. <laughs> That's the weirdest point. He's really, really interested in making sure everyone listens to his explanation. Oh, yeah. Well, this is how you get away with the bullying, because they're too busy wondering if what you said was wordplay, even though it clearly wasn't. Like, why, why did he emphasize shame like that? So I guess it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> not angry. Really mean, but not angry. Just like I'm, I'm lecturing. Or explaining something in a classroom. Yeah. But I'm just being very mean to stand is what I'm doing. You go up to like someone's cubicle and they've got like a stationary cup. Like it's got a little cup with pens and pencils in it. And you go, oh, well, I see you've got a stationary cup. And then you knock it on the floor like like a cat. Just, just move your <laughs> hand slowly and it goes on the floor. And you say, whoops, is what I'd have said. If it was an accident. <laughs> so that's that's reportable to human resources. That one's clear cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's less less uh, kind of smoke screened and camouflaged around the, the messy explanation of my own behavior. That one Yeah. That one's easy to hit. Yeah. The thing is though, you did that with, with Debbie though. With Debbie? Yeah. And she's different? Debbie's different? Loves it. Depends on if she's in Dallas. Oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you've got that game going on with her where you knock the stationery on the floor and then she's like, oh, I guess I'll pick it up. And you say, yep. <laughs> That's the game. Yeah, it's like a Fifty Shades of Grey thing you got going on at the office. It's very, yep. you know, it's, it's low-key, harmless fun. But also deeply erotic. Very, very arousing. I don't feel aroused. I feel scared. Well, that's because there isn't any fried chicken for you to kiss. <laughs> you skeevy little buff. <laughs> That's something else you can do. You can you can knock on the boss's door and say, kissing any chickens in there, you skeevy little pervert. <laughs> That's not going to get me. I will I will definitely get fired, which would be a big deal at this point. No, that's banter. That's, ba that's what? Banter. You'll be holding a banana so they know it's wacky. <laughs> My uh, my old boss got fired for, for stuff, I think. I wonder if it was that same stuff. Holding a banana? <laughs> The same one, if, if listeners go back a, a, a year or so, I used to go into her office because she just never came to work on Fridays. Oh, yeah. So I would just uh, record in her office and hope nobody noticed. That's why she got fired. You left one of these podcasts on her <laughs> desktop and then like the regional manager come in and she was like, well, let me play you this important file. 
and then clicks on it, and then it's Jonathan. You should pull your ass cheeks apart. <laughs> That'll make you famous. And I'm fine. I was not called in by human resources. Yeah, the regional manager's like. This Jonathan sounds charismatic, but what's this filth that you're playing on your computer? And that's why you, you know, you're the new boss. I'm not the new boss. I have. Not. You are the new boss. You, you walk. Well, you should. You should walk into the office with a crown and a cape on, and just go look at me. I'm the boss now, and just see how far you get. It's not. I do have to. Um, it's ten o. You gotta go. go. You gotta go. What a pleasure, though. What a what a. What do you a feel f- more famous? No, I feel worried. No, more, more professional. No, <laughs> very concerned this time, but but very, okay. definitely uh, happy, Troubled. happy and concerned. That's, That's how I'm left. That's good. Troubled happiness is what we aim for on this show, I think. And 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 there's other things that you aim for for people to see and hear and, and read and that that you've done. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, writing for Nintendo Force just interviewed Suda51, though it was supposed to be 51 questions. He, he kept getting stumped on stuff like, I said, when you think of the, about the Xbox, what's the first word you think of? And he's like, um, wait a minute. And then he gets out his phone and he's like, um, what was that game with the guy? He was kind of a green guy. I'm like, Suda, what's the first word you think of? He's like, oh, hold on. That is exactly how word association works. <laughs> That's like exactly how it minutes. works. <laughs> it was just last night on Japan time. It was um, 10.30 or so for him. But for me, it was late. And I'm like, please, just we need to. It's 51 questions with Suda51. Can we do this? And he's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There was a gun. I think it was in Vietnam. He said, <laughs> what are you talking about? We're both Googling games in Vietnam just to try to get through the question. We stopped at like 31 questions. He said he'd answer the other 20, but he probably won't. He's probably... I've interviewed him many times of so much uh, affection and respect for him, but he is like uh, a cat with with a toy. It just gets distracted and starts running running towards something else. That's how the interview went. So anyway, yeah, that interview, hopefully we'll get to 51 questions. It'll have at least 30 questions and it'll be in the next issue of Nintendo Force after after the, the one that's coming out in like a week. So yeah, that'll be the 51st issue. <laughs> I, I would recommend people who listen to this show check out that issue. If you're going to check out any issue of Nintendo Force, it's the the, the 51st issue. It's, it's a good one to start with. And I also have two other podcasts. One's called Talking to Women About Video Games. It's on SoundCloud and it's on iTunes and uh, all those other places. And also uh, the last podcast I'll talk about today is The Worst Song on Earth, which is doing okay. And I think the, the Usher episode is coming up pretty soon, finally. Talk about Usher's Yeah on there. <laughs> yeah, I have not, not many good things to say about it. It's very... It, it's it's the chronicling of a trauma, sort of, the way I discuss it. So, you, you may enjoy it. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like this, actually. I say, yeah, and let me add another yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know, that's what happens. Yeah. When you start thinking about it, every yeah sounds like you're starting to sing the song. Yeah. When, when, you, yeah. when you, oh, you did it again. It really troubles me. Yeah. It really haunts me. It's like a ghost that won't leave. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Well, Joe, Nathan, thank you for that. Haunted. I came back haunted. Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. Yeah.